This is the DTV Digest, the podcast that brings you news and reviews of films which didn't make it to the cinema. And now, here's your host, Mike Parkin. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the DTV Digest. I'm your host, Mike Parkin, and joining me, as usual, are Richard Hawes. Hello, everyone. And Stephen Lockridge. Hello. Uh, This week, we have six films that we're going to be discussing. We're going to kick off with Black Lotus. Then we have The Black Demon. Uh, In the middle of things, we have Supercell. Then The Devil Comes at Night. Pursuit and First Contact. Our short shot is Stranded 3, and our DTV throwback will be Class of 1999 to The Substitute. So without further ado, let's crack on. Our first film then is Black Lotus. After feeling responsible for his best friend's death, ex-Special Forces operative Matteo tries to atone for his mistake by waging a one-man war against a crime syndicate who has kidnapped his friend's young daughter. Um, I am all over this. I absolutely love this. Um, My only real criticism, two criticisms, one is um, sort of the first third is a little bit slow. Um, and I wish it had been filmed in any language apart from English. You know, you know what I mean. I'm sure I'm yeah. sure you guys picked up on this as well. You know, at yeah. times I thought, has this been dubbed into into English? But it, you know, it, from the lip sync, I don't think it has. I think it's just no. Like, I mean, I was actually the opposite. I thought the I thought the the fact that it was shot in English was a surprise. But then oh, I thought it, was, it yeah. actually pl- it actually worked really really well and it didn't bother me at all. I thought it, I thought all the performances um, in terms of um, don't get me wrong. I, yeah, I, I, I did enjoy it. I enjoyed it a lot. Um, but there were times, especially in that first third, you know, I, I just wish that some of it at least had been you know in in Dutch basically. But yeah. Mm. Um, I, I love the setting of this. I mean, I, I was out in Amsterdam. Over, over Christmas, funny enough, um, there, there's a bit you see where um, he, he and uh, Sonateo and, and his friend's daughter are on this swing on top of a tall building. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus <laughs> Christ, that's terrifying! <laughs> like, who put their yeah. child on that? I mean, yeah. well, we, we 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 didn't go there, but but that um, that is on a there's an area there which is the um, Museum of Motion Arts or something like that, oh, okay. and we we, mm. we we went there, spent the day there. That was really really cool, Re- really um, nice part. 90% sure my daughter's been on that swing. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, if we yeah. had time, if we had if we had, had the time, we would have done it. But yeah, we didn't, unfortunately. But yeah, it, it looked really cool. Um, yeah, the setting was great. The action was was really well done. And, um, you know, our hero, um, remind me of his name, Verhoeven something? Rico uh, Verhoeven. Rico Verhoeven. Rico. He's, he's a um, kickboxer, I believe. Hmm. I thought his, he was... Uh, feature debut. Indeed, I thought, and I thought he was really good in this. You know, I thought, I thought he, he he's got this sort of huge, sort of lumbering giant sort of presence. Um, but, yeah, but I really, really liked him in this. So I thought he was pretty cool. I liked how the how how he gets sort of inveigled into the plot. You know, um, you're wondering for a while sort of how 
these different strands are going to come together and it turns out his his friend's wife has now married this this guy who's in deep with um frank grillo's character it's you know all all fits nicely and you know it's it's that usual thing that i i enjoy a lot is you know sort of um cocky bad guys overestimate or underestimating the um you know who 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 they're messing with basically which which is always good fun uh steve how did you get on with black lotus um not as much as you i don't think um i did enjoy it there's a couple of things that I didn't, it, it seemed a little bit generic and they were ripping other films off, like the beginning reminded yeah. me of, no, the beginning yeah. reminded me of Tenet. The beginning oh, is a total rip-off of Tenet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And then you've got like the bit in the club, which is just like something out of John Wick. Yeah. And just a little thing, I mean, I'll be honest, I didn't think that Rico Verhoeven was great. I thought he was a bit wooden. Um, he's you know he's he's a brick shit house you know but that's he hasn't really got the charisma of say some of us you know like maybe Stallone Schwarzenegger back in the eighties or whatever or it just seemed a bit a bit wooden to me but like the action was good um, again I thought it took a little bit long to get the plot lines together yeah I think I, I think they could have cut it down a bit at the beginning. Um, it essentially um, takes an hour yeah, <laughs> to, yeah, to actually cu- culminate and sort of kick into gear really yeah. I mean that's yeah. when the sort of act, the big final act sort of kicks in as that in that last act basically um, oh no it, it wasn't terrible I, I did enjoy it you know it's just a few little niggles there that brought it down a little bit I mean I'll be honest I think Frank Grillo could have been in it a bit more you know, I, I, I do like a bit of Frank Grillo, and I just thought he was wasn't in it that much, and he didn't really show off much of his fighting prowess. Mm. You know, it was a little couple of minutes in the end, but that was about it, really. Uh, I would like seeing him get involved a little bit more, but I'm, I get it. He's, he's like the mob boss, so he's got his underlings and he's stuff. He's got but, his guys, just so, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know. And some little bits of it were a bit, a little bit silly, you know, there's one bit he kicks a guy and he flies like 30 foot, you know, <laughs> little things like that. But all in all, it was, I did enjoy it, you know, it's not, it's not terrible, but it's not amazing, you know. Fair enough. Um, Rich, over to you. Well, I, I, when this came along, I liked, the, I liked the look of the poster. I was intrigued because it looked like it was a foreign production uh, but it's got Frank Grillo in and you're sort of you're hesitant you know how much is he actually going to be in it what's the quality of the film going to be I've seen quite a few um, films you know action movies that have come from you know mm. places in Europe or whatever that just haven't quite cut the mustard I was very impressed with this from the opening uh, yes it's a it is that sort of te- it is that sort of tenant on a budget thing yeah. but it was, it was very very stylishly shot um, you know the, the the production values were clearly there I had I had some reasonably high um, and uh, expectations because it's directed by uh, Todor uh, Chapkanov, who mm. has had done a lot of work as both second assistant, yep. uh, second unit, and and mm. uh, and a director. But most specifically, I'm aware of him because he uh, how much he was involved. But he was the final credited director on Boyka 
undisputed which i did really enjoy yeah and so I, there's always been a sort of a not quite sure how much isaac florentine actually directed it compared to himself but it, it is a good movie and so it did my expectations were sort of set based on that uh and i think it, this is a, a good really solid movie especially the fact that you know i was approaching it I, th I thought the production values might be quite low quite quite ropey but no it's it's very slick uh it's a what i would term a cinema quality film um the fact that they've shot it in english to go for that wider market uh many uh, sometimes just doesn't pay off but in this case i think it did it's dutch and there's a there are precedents for that because um uh, dick Maas, who's probably one of the, the netherlands most famous directors He's directed a few films in English, uh, but usually with uh, American stars, like, for example, William Hurt did one with him and with Dennis Leary called Do Not Disturb mm. and stuff like that. Um, whereas this one is, you know, local, local talent, you know, and probably, mm. you know, like Rico Verhoeven himself. Um, it, they're all Dutch, uh, apart from Frank Grillo, uh, I believe. Um, I mean, there's some others. I think there's you know guys from outside the netherlands in, in the cast as well but you know the, the sort of core i believe are dutch uh, and i thought all things considered i thought that that actually worked really well as well as any uh british film that's actually you know it's a russia you know hunt for red october kind of thing you know where it's like they're actually supposed yeah. to be russians but they're all talking english the thing we always take for granted in 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 you know british and american films and stuff anyway so i thought it plays perfectly as like an American kind of movie, but it's got this unique uh, uh, Amsterdam setting, you know, with some nice, say, shots of the city and cinema and locations and stuff, which gives it something. The action is pretty well done. I think they don't. Um, Rico Verhoeven, being a kickboxer, he didn't really do any kind of kickboxing kind of moves. He no, was kind of there was kicks, there was a front couple of front kicks which were nice. Mm. Um, but really, uh, there was there was less. There's not as much action in it as I was hope. But I was think that there's still a reasonable amount, and it was fairly well executed, especially for those. I mean, he's done other stuff. I think he was in like Kickbox of Vengeance and stuff in mm. in little roles. But yeah. he did he did fine. He was. I mean, they do that thing of they take an inexperienced, you know, real world fighter, and they have to build a cast of sort of experienced, you know, actors and characters around him. And I think that works well here. The, I wasn't really irritated by the by the family and you know all the mm -hmm. the the other characters like the cops and stuff that are all on the thing. But there was a there was a good spread. He he really needed more to do, but it didn't bother me a huge amount. They kind of you know sort of um, did probably as much as they could with him. Uh, I felt. Uh, and that was fine. You know, there's little nods. What I like about it is it's a real throwback to like. Uh, eight, you know, eighties and nineties action, mm. in the, yeah. and it's got that it's got that feel to it, and also the you know the little nods and winks and stuff that it has in it. Um, uh, he, you know, there's there's all that kind of they, you know, the sort of thing they do with the Rock or John Cena where they sort of linger on his body and they sort of make jokes about you know it was yeah. like oh shit the little girl comes in and go oh have you been stung by a bee yeah. <laughs> like it's like no this is just my physique <laughs> it's got the kind it's got like a commando the marine kind of yeah, yeah. feel to it and when it all kicks yeah. in in the end i like there's a, now there's an interesting moment that i want to point out 
uh, that you, you you would have noticed that seemed a bit out of out of kilter with the rest. And I, it, it's I where the... I know which bit you're going to make because it reminded me Go of on. Dick well, Mars. Oh no, you, you you mentioned Dick Mars, and this this, mm. this bit really did remind me of it when we when we find what happened to um, a certain undercover cop, basically. Mm. Uh, when, when they find his body, which is ah, yeah. fucking hilarious. On the riverboat scene. The riverboat scene. Yeah. It is brilliant. Yeah. It is brilliant the way, the way they focus on the uh, the horrified look of all the uh, the tourists. I think it's absolutely hilarious. It's, but it, well, it's it, when it, you it, get it, to it, the nuns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just so funny. But the pro the thing about that scene is because it it does feel uh, I, I love that, but it, it felt out of step. There's a little bit of comedy in the movie, yeah. sort of peppered around, but it did feel a bit out of step. But it reminded, yeah, that it did scene is, mass, though, you know, it, but that's it, it, the point. I'm, I'm gonna, I mentioned it. I, I was looking it up online, and yeah. that scene is copied from Amsterdam. From Amsterdam yeah, I so. And Dick Mars yeah. is in that scene. He's really? on the boat. Oh, yeah. awesome! So it's like a little nod kind of thing that they did. Um, I wouldn't have recognised him. I'll be honest. I don't know what Dick no. Mars looks like, but that's the trivia that, that, yeah, that I read. Glad, so I, yeah, I, I really. I'm, I'm glad we both picked up on that as well. So, yeah, I, I was going to mention it myself. It did remind, but what I was watching it, it just made me think of Airplane. <laughs> it's yeah. like the, the nuns, these like comedy yeah. nuns. <laughs> um, but really, you know, well, well executed and stuff. Um, see, the thing is, most of the people who made the film are not massively experienced. So like the um, the stunt team are, I think, uh, like uh, Eastern European. Mm -hmm. uh, so is it, they're, they're not, mm. as far as I'm aware, none of the team that did worked on the action are Dutch. They're they're all like uh, Romanian and stuff. I think, um, and they don't have long lists of credits. But I thought they did pretty good job in you know w with this. And I think it's a good um, uh, calling card. Yeah. Sort of call it, yeah, show reel yeah. or whatever for for them, as well as you know, say Rico doing all right in this first round. I don't think he's got much of a future. And I think it's one of more of those. It feels like it's you know like in the nineties where they grabbed. A kickboxer and put him in a movie and stuff it was like it was quite a common thing yeah. back then. I think he put some of his own money into this. I think he's listed as one of the co-producers as well. Uh, quite possibly, yeah. Um, I did wonder because mm. I'd never heard of him before. I'm not familiar with because mm. that's unusual to have a kick somebody who's a kickboxer. It, usually, everyone these days is MMA. Hmm. So I was surprised yeah. to see somebody because he you go he's got quite a fancy website about himself and or, you know all these endorsements that he does and stuff. Um, so he's 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 quite a big deal, but the um, but yeah, I think that's actually quite unusual to have somebody who's you know established, sort of well known and taken from the world of kickboxing into movies these days, because the the MMA, UFC, and all that is the kind of pool that everyone picks from. It, you know, these days, the kickboxer thing is more like the 90s. Um, anyway, I, originally, I thought he was related to Paul Verhoeven, but he's they're, they're, as far as I'm aware, there's no relative Just relation. <laughs> the other thing I want to point out is Roland Muller or Moller mm -hmm. uh, is is in this film. Uh, he, he's not, he, I think initially, I thought he wasn't going to be in it very much, yeah. but actually, thankfully, he's in it loads. And I love, I love it because uh, he's currently in Citadel and he's got loads of other stuff. And we've, we've, we've seen him in, in stuff before. Mm -hmm. I just think he's got a fantastic presence, and he 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 sort of adds a real uh, little, little bit of gravitas every time he's part of it. Um, so I absolutely loved seeing him. Uh, it, this was a real pleasant surprise. Uh, I much I, I didn't realize it was going to be as good as it was. I thought Frank Grillo was great as as the villain. He's he's being the mm. Frank Grillo villain, yeah. uh, and he's being the Frank Grillo in a suit villain, which um, we've we've actually also started to see quite a lot 
recently yeah, and i do love him in a suit he, yeah. he just looks really smart in his suits <laughs> i think he wears like three or four different suits in this film but he's still got exactly the same hair and, and sort of unkempt yeah. beard and, and stuff but mm. it, it's the look you know it's the grillo look and, yeah. and we do love that and uh, I, I i did like him and uh yeah I, I, this this was great i i really did um, I, unfortunately i couldn't watch in one sitting it, it took me like a day to sort of get through it because i was doing other stuff and stuff but yeah i would definitely watch this again there's a couple of things I just want to sort of finish off with. Um, I, I did like the fact that the two the two Interpol cops were both competent and, um, yeah. you know, not not annoying. Basically, I thought mm -hmm. uh, Detective Fisher and um, oh, what's her name? Lost it now. Uh, Shira, uh, uh, Rona Lee yeah. Sh uh, Shimon, who gets a good fight scene at the end of the film. Uh, actually, I will too. Um, yeah, I will say at that end, yeah. that ending. You know that whole the fuck because the final act where the action kicks in yeah, yeah. and they go into the club and it's night and then they come out. Yeah, and it's, it's like, daytime. I guess yeah. it's daytime, daybreak kind of thing. Yeah. But I think they shot it in daylight, but then tried to make it look like it's early in the morning. Mm. And it just gives mm. unfortunately, it gives the that it gives all, all the footage a really sort of washed out kind of look rather than I know it would have been more jarring if it was suddenly daylight, which mm. you know we have seen that in plenty of films before or whatever but i would have preferred that because otherwise it just sort of looks a bit it, it it they've done whatever they've done just sort of was too obviously like graded and stuff and or yeah. whatever that did take the edge off unfortunately for me in that final act because uh, yeah. I, I found that distracting um sorry that's just a, a brief side yeah. about Sorry. that that's one one minor little quibble about it really S simon wan plays character oh, yeah. he's uh, cool he yeah i've not seen him before no very, very memorable you know he's a bit of a scene stealer in this um mm. he, yeah. he gets a couple of good bits like um yes when he, when he gets told off for cutting the guy cutting the guy's tongue out before <laughs> before <laughs> and he sort of laughs about it and it's sort of like grillo gets a bit pissed off with him but then he sort of like gives him a wink behind his back sort of thing you know quite cheeky like that but he does get a couple of really good sort of knife fights as well which reminded me of um the, the Japanese film Bad City with um, Tak mm -hmm. Sakaguchi when, when he mm -hmm. lets those. Um, yeah, that, I, th I thought he was he was very memorable, sort of, almost sort of stealing the scenes of him. Yeah, apparently he was he was in he had a small role in Fantastic Beats: uh, Crimes of Grindelwald, and he's turned oh, right. up in stuff like Peaky Blinders and. Yeah, we won't talk about Fantastic Beasts. Yeah, we, we, won't, hold that, we won't hold that against him. <laughs> um, but anyway, yes, this was. Um, I think it lived up to its promise, this one, um, overall. I mean, you know, Steve's not totally on board, but at least he got some enjoyment out of it, which is really cool. Yeah. We, we both liked it. So, Steve? And it's about an hour and a half, isn't it? I mean, you can't get better than yeah. that. It's it's in and out. It does what, you know, it's a it's a big, muscular guy, goes and rescues, you know, he's a bit haunted and stuff. You know, he's, he's trying to find his place. He forms this relationship. There's a, you know shenanigans goes on he's got to rescue someone what more do you want exactly <laughs> so, yeah. yeah so on that on that note steve how are you going to score it i'll give it a seven solid seven and rich yeah i'm going to give it an eight i'm going to join you on an eight for this one yep two eights and a seven for black lotus we highly recommend you go check this out Our next review is The Black Demon.
Working for a Mexican oil company, Paul takes his family to a remote seaside town while he makes a final inspection of a decommissioned oil rig. However, he and his family soon find themselves trapped on board and at the mercy of a giant shark known locally as the Black Demon. Um, yeah, okay, so <laughs> we saw a trailer for this a while ago and we, th we did wonder if it would, if, if this one had actually been dubbed into English because the, the way the trailer was structured, it certainly seemed that way. Um, mm. I can't remember if it was or not, to be honest. No, it was. It's, no. It's, it was subtitled. Subtitled. But it's mo most a lot of it's shot in English. Uh, yeah. we, again, mm. this is one of those ones where they get the. Um, uh, we've got an American lead mm. in this one, uh, Josh Lucas. Josh Lucas, indeed. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, I'm. I don't know. I'm on the fence about this one. It's. It's fun enough. It is fun enough, but it's so predictable. It really is. Mm. It's, um, it's nearly two hours and there's barely any shark. That That is a problem. Yeah, yeah that's think. a lot of the problem. Uh, but Steve, over to you first. How did you get on with uh, El Dimono <clears throat> Negro? Uh, yeah. Um, like Rich said, it's, there's no shark in it hardly. I think I think there's three times you see the shark. At, you know, that's about it. It doesn't get and, to do much, does it? Even when no. it's on screen, it doesn't really get to do much. But, you know, no. it always misses. And the thing yeah. on the cover doesn't happen. Yeah. No. <laughs> True. Uh, but also, just it's you know, it's what it's the big corporation destroying the town analogy, you know, and mm -hmm. putting it onto him and blah blah blah. blah. It was just a bit drawn out, to be fair, mm -hmm. and. Might say nothing much happens. There's a couple of decent, decent kills, but that's it. Yeah. Well, you, you know, when you get a shark move like this, you want something either over the top, deep blue sea style, or yeah. maybe, a, <laughs> maybe, a, or maybe a bit more subdued, bit like you know, like um, the shallows, you know, something like that. Oh yeah, yeah. This was just kind of in the middle where. Mm. Nothing hardly happens, and then they all oh, will come up with a solution right at the end. The thing that did surprise me was the ending. Now, I kind of wasn't expecting that, to be honest. Mm -hmm. um, that was probably the only thing that made it stand out for me. Um, the rest of it, I thought, was very bland and subdued and just a bit boring, to be fair. Like I say, on the fence of it, it's a couple of decent bits, but it's just too long and not much happens. Yeah, I mean, one of the annoying things for me is is Josh Lucas's character because he's one of these sort of like people who's just like in complete denial of what's in front of his face. Mm. You know, yeah. it's like, oh, this can't be true. This can't, you know, this isn't happening. All you know, all that sort of stuff. It's like, no, you're mistaken. You know, like, yeah. dude, you just seen the shark. Just eat somebody. Yeah. You know. um, doesn't matter if, um, if if the locals believe it's a demon or not. There's a fucking shark out there. Deal with it. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Uh, um, I mean, I did. I did like the um, the bit with the diving bell. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, as, as I don't think, you know, as a special effect, I thought that that worked really well. Um, yeah. I haven't really sort of seen that before. Um, but as soon as you find out. 
you know, or when when the when his wife goes digging in the records and discovers something, yeah. it's like, well, okay, now I know, now we know exactly how this is going to play out, you mm-hmm. know, because in this sort of scenario, you know, it, it's like deep blue sea, you know, it's like well, you you you're the wrong one, you, you so you yeah have to be punished for it, so yeah yeah kind of yeah anyway, um, Rich, <clears throat> how do you get on with this? I mean, we, we we've covered quite a few shark movies i think i think my favorite even though it's you know it's quite pulpy was probably james nunn's um shark bait I thought, I oh thought, yeah yeah i thought that had the right sort of balance i mean we don't, we've we've covered others like before like um oh what was it not oh what was that one when, when the shark was like following them it was the three girls oh uh, um three girls on, on the oh side. yeah yeah on the, on the kayak on the kayak that was the kayaking one yeah yeah, that was pretty good, but that, that was sort of more grounded in reality. Whereas, uh, sort of shark bait just went for the with it went for the guts kind of thing. Mm. This one, I think, suffers from too much CGI and bad, and not necessarily the shark, but a lot of the underwater scenes, um, because you know you got the um, the leaking oil from the rig, mm-hmm. it's sort of making the, the water all murky. Mm. Yeah, you know, it's like yeah, now it just looks shit. <laughs> there you go. But anyway, Rich, how did you get on with the the Black Demon? I was very much looking forward to it because I, I'm always intrigued by, um, well, any sort of big sort of monstery movie kind of thing, especially if, yeah. you know with with a big star or whatever attached. So now I look into it and it's like, oh, it's actually like a co-production with like Mexico and the Dominican Republic. So it was like that, a bit like what we were just saying with um, mm. Black Lotus. You know, that's a film. It's got Frank Grillo, but it's Dutch. You know, so mm. it was. So intriguing. Um, this one is mu- is very much a, a bit like um, uh, Chakanov, who's who's um, done you know uh, sort of uh, English language films and that and that before. This is from, this is directed by Adrian Grunberg. So we've not only got a um, a Hollywood star with um, or Hollywood actor. I say he's not much of a hmm. star these days, but he's very recognisable, very familiar. Josh and Lucas. He's a known name, isn't he? He is. He's a known quantity. You know, Poseidon was, a, you know, was a, which is kind of a related kind of movie to this in a way. Um, the in terms of the sort of isolated setting and disaster and stuff. Um, but Adrian Grunberg did uh, Rambo: Last Blood, which was really oh, high-profile yeah. gig for him. Uh, yeah. Essentially, so he's a Mexican director or Mexican-American director. So he's doing a lot of a lot of the films he does are set in Mexico around Mexico. So get the Gringo he did with Mel Gibson. And uh, say Rambo Last Blood yeah, went into Mexico. One. Yeah, get the Gringo was quite good. And this one, so this has a good Hollywood kind of look and feel to it. I think it is basic. It is. A, it's one of those kind of disaster movies that's that's a family drama for the for the most part. Yeah. You know, it's not one of those. It's not like Poseidon where you have got all these different people together. It's it's uh, it's more like um, I don't know, twenty twelve or something where it's you know it's mm. it's it's focusing on the family or um, Greenland another example yeah. focusing on a family mm. dynamic um i like actually there's another one i'd liken it to so if you um if you remember like the the wave and the quake movies yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. i compare it's kind of those it's kind of that kind of setup of focusing on a family drama combined with the meg but because this is a megalodon but unfortunately there's just not enough meg i mean it's very the, the amount i mean you know we've got big budget movies like godzilla where you barely ever see godzilla and it's kind of the yeah. same here but actually you see even less i mean godzilla there was a lot more <laughs> in even compared to this there was a lot more 
Um, but I would say the family drama thing, what, what I find interesting in comparison to those, um, I think, were they Dutch the, the, or Swedish, the, the, the wave and the quake, those movies uh, Norwegian. had Norwegian. That was it. Yes. So in that movie, you've kind of got the nod to Jaws with the, you know, the character, the main character is like trying to warn everyone. He's like, then and he's not being listened to, is he? Um, so it's yeah. that kind of, the disaster is going to happen because you didn't listen to me. Now, what's what here? What we have here is kind of a reverse. The main disaster has actually already happened, uh, and the the lead character is kind of a, an, a is kind of completely oblivious. And you know, uh, the uh, he's not um, he's not someone you could. It, it's kind of the horse has bolted kind of thing, you know. And the and the and, the, and this is where the uh, the black demon. Uh, shark has kind of come in and it's kind of representing the it's doing that Godzilla thing of the monster represents the sort of ill of the yeah. you know like whereas Godzilla represented like the sort of the impact of of, of nuclear yeah. sort of annihilation or nuclear uh, attack at the very least you know um the demon here is representing you know the sort of big business you know just sort of you know wreaking havoc on the environment and on local communities and stuff after you know sort of making these promises there's 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 statements that the film is making which i think are quite interesting uh, i didn't mind them uh, some of it some of it works some of it doesn't but when you're when you're in there for watching the for the monster movie and really the the film just doesn't seem to have the resources to to focus on that it's trying to compensate with these other elements that's how it seemed to me anyway and it's too long for for doing all that i think it really needed to be a shorter film one of the there's another thing it does which is um it has this it, and it happens from the very beginning there's this hallucinatory element which mm. visually is quite interesting and unsettling I don't think they really do anything with it. I mean, they never really explain it fully of what, 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 why they say the deep, you know, the, the shark causes these, um, these hallucinate. Did you guys pick up on uh, any sort of explanation around that? You know, what, what, what no, why, I, why, why that's happening? Yeah, no. What you mean? Like, like, like when uh, Josh Lucas's character um, sees like a load of boats. Yes. Yeah. And he's trying, he's trying to get him, you know, he wants to go out and get rescued. It's like, yeah. Um, and his daughter was in the water and she saw all the, she saw like bodies and stuff. Oh, like, bits, the bits mm, of bodies. Yeah. Um, which I thought was was real. I wasn't quite a hundred percent sure on that. But there, but there's that uh, at the beginning. There's sort of like that uh, dreamy sort of scene before thing. So I, I think it was introducing an element and then not really kind of yeah. explaining. You know, or not necessarily yeah. explaining, but sort of you know justifying it. The Maybe film didn't need it. Yeah. It didn't. Yeah. yeah, it didn't. It felt like ultimately that that was a a, a nonsensical kind of feature to the film that didn't really need to be there they could have trimmed that out it would have made absolutely no difference whatsoever mm -hmm. um which could have again helped with the running time i didn't mind it uh i say disappointment uh, with the shark stuff uh, you know with the amount of shark stuff aside perfectly serviceable family drama uh it gets a bit over i don't know melodramatic let's say with some of the stuff with josh lucas's character but mm -hmm. i could live with it it's okay it's it's passable but it's definitely, um, you know, fans of the Meg will not get what they want from this film. No, no, yeah. no. They, they do name drop the Megalodon, don't they? At a certain point, oh, it's a Megalodon. Mm. But anyway. Yeah, oh, yeah, because yeah, yeah. They, they do mention Sorry, that. that yeah, because yeah, it's this. It's, 
giant because it's apparently been woken up by the drilling and stuff basically mm -hmm. again it's a it's a nod to godzilla i think all of that stuff yeah so it's been woken up by the drilling which is now finished yeah well it's all the it's the kind it's the it's a morality tale, isn't it? It's yeah, about basically. it's about yeah, the, the consequences yeah. of actions and stuff, and it's man against nature and all that. Man, so it's the company. Yeah. You've got the company causing something, which is the you know the the shark, you know, awakening and all that stuff. But then you've got the personal responsibility of certain characters mm -hmm. for things that happen, and then they're sort of stuck in the middle. And there, there's 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 some sort of ethical stuff that they're playing with, with with you know, um, you know, looking out for you, you know turning a blind eye and things like that and yeah. whatever it's, it's, mm. say, it, it, it's almost like it's trying to be a different movie at, at that moment those moments when really it's like well you came to share a shark movie and i don't mind a little bit of a, the environmentalism and stuff but um some of the other some of the other stuff just doesn't quite work i think the way they were trying to to get it to and um yeah i think they should have focused and maybe it's say maybe it's a budgetary thing but if they'd have focused more on the on the on the um i mean on the uh the sharks i mean there's a bit like uh, a lot of shark movies it uh, and uh, the one you were saying shark bait is a good example mm. it's you know that movie was basically a bunch of people on a jet ski yeah uh, and yeah. the shark is sort of circling around him and this is the same it's a bunch of people on an oil rig and so there's not a huge out. amount of uh there's not a huge amount of um attrition amongst the cast because there's not there's not a very big cast it's yeah. it's uh I do, I do wonder yeah. whether it's kind of one of these conceived during covid kind of things where they said right we're just going to get this small bunch of people and put them in this one location a bit like um uh what was the film we watched a couple of weeks ago Kate Bosworth the um uh, last sentinel last sentinel yeah. which yeah. a very a similar kind of setup that I think was a much more superior film in terms of that kind of yeah. in the middle of the ocean kind of setting mm. i mean in that one it was completely um isolated in the ocean um there were there were they, yeah. they didn't have any other stuff going to the because obviously there's that there's the contrivance at the start of the film whereas you know he goes off to the oil rig but the family is supposed to be looking for somewhere and then it's, and then it's like no it's too scary there so we're going to come and find you mm. on the oil rig <laughs> mm. um because it, it, because again there's those there's the foreshadowing isn't there like right at the beginning of, of like oh i didn't worry about booking booking a, a hotel and stuff is that there's all these little inklings of what josh who who josh lucas's character is mm. and they sort of gradually pepper them and i think it is quite nicely done yeah. uh, uh you know how they sort of lay the groundwork for you know doing stuff with his character later in the film and mm. and that and and uh yeah because um it's uh it's got it it's definitely got, it's worth a watch i you know if you if you like shark movies but you're not worried about having an a mega shark versus giant octopus kind of level of action then you know it, it's um it's okay but even if i would say even in the case of mega shark versus giant octopus you still get like, a big cool moment even if it's really cheaply done in this one yeah you don't really get any big moments no uh, not certainly not. nothing that sticks in the mind i think yeah, it, it's like they tried to follow the formula for a slasher movie in that you have, you know, sort of five or six protagonists, mm. basically. But then it forgets to kill them off. Yeah. You know, that's the whole point of a <clears throat> car. So, so you can start getting rid of them like one every 20 minutes to sort of use up your runtime. But it, it's, it's, you know, it's like, oh no, we, well, we, we can't. We've got kids. You know, we can't, we can't kill them off. Mm -hmm. You know, you know yeah. what I mean? It's like, uh, 
Um, oh, all the stuff with the little. Uh, there's there's all the stuff with the um the the uh, superstition. You know the little uh, the little figurines and stuff. The little statues and stuff. That's all really nice. But again, they do they do a little bit of because uh, the kids like reading his stuff on his tablet and stuff. So there's a little bit of the mythology and stuff coming out, which I thought was quite interesting. Um, but uh, again, could that have been? explored more or, or something i don't know it's, it's a, there's a lot of there's a lot of ideas and different things sort of vying for your attention but it's all it all seems to be to compensate for a lack of the smoke and mirrors of the show. yeah, yeah. Um, i mean yeah. then this goes all the way back to movies being made you know the monster movies made in the uh, 60s and stuff you know they didn't have special effects budgets and stuff so barely any monster you know it was not uncommon to go and see a monster movie which didn't really have the monster in it very much it you know it's 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 mm. always been that way i think it's but when you go to when you've got a movie like this which is kind of showing this grand image it's got the hollywood director it's got the hollywood star mm. uh, i just think it doesn't hit exactly where it needed to and for that it sort of loses a point for me yeah and on that note steve how are you going to score the black demon i'll give it a five you know what? I'm joining you on a five. How about you, Rich? Where are you on this one? Uh, I'm going to go a six on this one. Mm -hmm. Alrighty. Uh, two fives and a six for The Black Demon. Not our favourite shark movie by any means, but certainly not the worst one that's out there, that's for sure. Go check it out. Our next film is Supercell. William is the son of the late legendary storm chaser Bill Brody, and has for years yearned to follow in his footsteps, much to his mother's chagrin. When his father's friend Roy sends William Bill's old journal, it's the trigger he needs to find his way to Texas and find his destiny. Um, I think, guys, the one thing about this film which puts everything else we've seen this week in stark relief is, oh my God, there's an actual score. A proper, oh God, yeah. A proper orchestral sweeping, you know, iconic score. You know, that feels That's epic. because this is a Steven Spielberg film. You what? That's because this is a Steven Spielberg film. It's a complete, you know, oh, homage, homage, homage. Yeah. It's a total homage. homage. To Steven well, Spielberg, the way it's shot, the score, yeah. the, the score is pure John Williams. Oh, it's brilliant! Yeah, it's lovely. The um, the th and you're absolutely right. But the the thing, you know, watch it when I saw the trade of this, as I mentioned to you guys in in the chat, is if it, it it plays like um like an unofficial sequel to Twister. Yeah, almost. You know, you, you could almost imagine sort of like his dad being uh, Bill Paxton. You know, but um, who gets well, that little nod, don't they? They do yeah, the nod to yeah. Bill Paxton. Yeah, that's right. I know so, but I, 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 I thoroughly enjoyed this. It, it, you're right. It is a sort of. It, it almost felt felt like a Disney film. You know, it, it had great scope. It had great. You know, not many sort of special effects or anything, really. But it, mm. um, you know the. The the uh, widescreen with the sky and everything. It's all the there's vistas storm. and stuff, isn't it? Oh, it's yeah. Superb. Yeah. 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 I mean, there's, there's like this scene at night when he's cycling and and the sky suddenly lit up with the with the lightning and stuff. You know. Oh, I would say that some of the stuff you know with with the whole being in awe of the sky mm. is. I would have said even though this is a much lower budgeted film, I would put it on par with stuff in Nope. 
I think it right. really carries that sort mm. of sense of wonder and stuff really well. I mean, yeah. So I'll, I'll get into it a bit a bit more, but but yeah, I thought that the the uh, the the, uh, the limited, but I mean the visual effects budget is quite apparent in some of the scenes like especially when they're driving in the car and the backgrounds mm. and on the car and stuff but the the uh when you see the storms you know some is pr pretty really well done i thought mm -hmm. oh, that was a great film yeah i thoroughly yeah. enjoyed this um not my favorite storm movie but i, I will get into that in a bit um but uh, steve how do you get with supercell yeah it, it's got it's like a you're saying the score just reminds me of like some early 80s, you know, mm. like Goonies or something like that kind of thing. And it, it's, it's very, very prominent and it does. It really lifts the film, doesn't it? Basically, yeah. So, you know, like they say, cinema's like an empty machine and this is like kicking it off big style, you know, with mm. that. Uh, but no, I thought the prompt is really good. I did, it is basically, it's a twisty rip off, but with the kid instead of. The grown up, you know, and it's just enjoyable. It's just fun, you know. It's not. It's a little bit saccharine, really, but so what? It, it, you know, it plays well, and even Alec Baldwin, you know, puts a, an half decent shift in as well. He's not phoning it in, you know. And I was actually very surprised with Skeet Ulrich because he's. Never really seemed to me to be the type to pull off, you know, like a geeky character or. You're right. You I know, mean, I've, yeah, because like, I've been watching him in Riverdale for for the last few years. You know, I mean, obviously everyone knows him from Scream, you know, mm. um, a few other sort of films, and he, he does sort of tend to play a sort of scuzzy sort of character sometimes. You know, but but this is yeah. quite, you know, quite different. You know, this is totally different to what I've seen him before. In fact, I hardly mm. recognised him. You know. Uh, this sort of check the credits. Yeah. Like, oh, I can know that was actually Skeet Ulrich, yeah. But no, I thought he was yeah. great in this, yeah. And also, is this, um, I'm presuming this is the last film that we'll be getting from Anne Heche. I don't know. It, yeah, uh, well, she the did. Timeline? There was one other film she did. Uh, there was another film she did, uh, which was also a storm movie called 13 Minutes, oh, which right. I think that I think that was the last film she actually made. Hmm. Right, okay. So... She, had, she had a bit of a run, didn't she, leading up to her death thing? Because there, there was the, the other one we covered the other week, um, which I've now forgotten about, about the preacher. Who, yeah, yeah. Sort of befriends the guy who shot his wife. And she was in yeah. She was good well. in this, though, wasn't she? I thought she, she was, was good. good. Yeah, like, she's very much yeah. her character, I think, say, I'm, I'll go into it more about the whole Spielberg thing, but I thought she was very like D. Wallace Stone yep. sort yeah, of yeah. modeled, mm. sort of kind of character. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. But yeah, it, it, it's just nice and sweet and enjoyable, you know. I mean, there's obviously a bit of peril with the tornadoes or whatever, but hmm. yeah, it's yeah. it, just fun. I mean, I'm because we are getting a sequel to Twister, aren't we? I think it's next year. Um, Twisters. So. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, so the focus this, group they they spent ages on that. <laughs> Yeah. This, this time it's war. Is yeah. that be the, Did you ever I, see Into the Storm? I, I didn't I watch love, it, but yes, then... no, no. I was, I was going to mention the trailer, it. and I really wanted to see. Right. I really wanted to see it. I never did. It's 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 available on either Netflix or Amazon. I've got it on Blu-ray. It is actually really good. 
because that was like a wasn't that like a big visual effects movie with with um not really anybody famous yeah, in it it was kind of a... um it was aiming towards being like a found footage movie you know right like shot okay. and everything but but it is very very good I, I heartily recommend that one um you think it's going to be pretty small scale but then all of a sudden you know um there's this well, i seen the trailer where when they're sort of hiding out in the school and the whole school just gets flattened you know the, the whole roof mm. and everything gets ripped off it's it's, it's really really good yeah, yeah, really good special mm. effects on that but this was solid this you know this is a bit yeah. more grounded you know mm. um I, I like the bit for example where there's that hailstone hailstorm yeah and mm. it's actually making dents in the roof of the car there's sort of you know there's the impact of these uh, bits of ice sort of actually denting the roof i thought that was um you know that must be pretty scary to be driving around in that yeah yeah definitely so rich over to you yeah so i, I mean supercell is a weird title to me i don't understand it. i mean i know it's now i know it's the terminology for <laughs> the storms and stuff but it just sort of seemed really random and weird and i was always sure and i it's got quite say it's got this kind of eclectic sort of b cast although you've got alec baldwin but you've also got say Anne hache and um skeet ulrich so i wasn't i wasn't quite sure what i was getting into yeah but you know from the opening i was just like i was just like wow you know, I could tell what they've got, mm. what they were going for, and they're nailing it. Um, and and it carries on the whole way. I mean, the opening, a lot of the shots and stuff. I just felt like, oh, well, that's a bit from that's the shot from Close Encounters. That's you know, yeah. you know, the vistas and everything, the themes that they were introducing of of um, you know, a family kind of torn apart and uh, yeah, you know, it's pure Spielberg in that basically. It is. It's absolutely yeah. pure pure Spielberg kind of themes. I mean, even. Now I might be wrong about this, but even the lead character, the young, the mm. he's he's like a late teenager. Um, I swear he's wearing like a hoodie, like Elliot from ET, because and there's a scene mm. earlier in the school where it's all sort of kicking off and he goes outside and stuff, and there's a bit where they all run to the window, and I'm like, that's from ET. This movie mm. is kind of bits of, it's doing its own thing because it's doing the the sort, it's more of this kind of like, twister kind of movie. But it's it's clearly nodding to you know Jaws. I mean, uh, his name, his family name is Brody. That thing that there's all these little bits of Jaws in there. The Close Encounters kind of stuff with with the obsessions and things. The and the again all the, all the family dynamics and ET. As I say, um, I think it's all in there. You know, in in the same. I mean, uh, I was talking to Sean Malloy earlier about. Um, uh, he mentions like Super Eight. As being like a film that was made in the sort of you know when JJ oh, was made that and yeah, that was very yeah. much in the Spielberg style uh and that was a big 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 budget movie this one is you know it's a lot of very passionate filmmakers and stuff say not hugely established careers I mean I think they've done quite a lot of work but they're not massively established you know mm. no names that you've heard of but I think the director um did a really good job pulling it all together I think the uh, the composer is who's um Corey um Wallace I think his name is yeah I mean and I looked him up he's on YouTube and unsurprisingly there's like shots of pictures of like John Williams and stuff you can see who he said uh, I watched a little clip from you know and he says like um the the theme where they go to the island in Jurassic Park was like kind of a like a seminal moment for him for like um score and you can see it his stuff is pure John Williams you know there's no there's no denying who his influence is but they've they not only has he composed it they've managed to get all the orchestra together to actually perform it you know and and you just don't see that on 
on on you know many films on a lot you know of a lower budget um def- uh, certainly and say the cinematographer andrew uh, jerrick captures all those vistas and the uh, all the stuff in the interiors and the lighting and the um you know the chase scenes uh, are all you know all or you know when they're chasing the storms or they're you know rushing to get somewhere and stuff and everything pays off you know there's all these little things like the it lays these little a- eggs and it's like like um like the uh the dad's watch you know it becomes this sort of theme through the movie yeah. you know you see it at the beginning and then you um uh and then the son ends up getting it and then it, pay, it you know it, it's it's Chekhov's watch kind of thing you know it's, it's got that sort of thing yeah. going on um I liked all the say all the little time I thought the dynamics between the character like Skeet Ulrich and, and Alec Baldwin they're both storm chasers but they're very different characters and they're in di- different places you know Skeet Ulrich's kind mm. of like um you know he, there's this there's this quite uh, intense scene where uh he's he's talking to uh, Brody's uh, the younger Brody Brody's son about um you know who he is in, in, in Brody thinks he can just uh just walk away from it and he's like no i'm an employee this is my job you know it's like i've got like i, I can't just you know i'm not i'm not that guy who you think <laughs> so it's like i'm just trying to i've just got i'm trying to pay the rent and stuff as well as sort of do all this stuff so he's running uh because basically the the company uh ended up being sold and now they're doing tours and that's kind of the setup so there's always the the tourist stuff isn't as good as maybe it could be I thought it was okay. The first group of tourists, I quite, I quite, mm. I quite liked some of the stuff with them. I like the Indian guy. It, wasn't, wasn't he in? Um, yeah. Wasn't was he in Jurassic World? No, oh, no, different, different know. actor. Uh, yeah. But I know who you're thinking of. But he, 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 he's uh, he was uh, a Bollywood actor who passed oh. away sadly. Oh, uh, the Irfan Khan. I th- I'm, I'm pretty sure you're referring to. But the yeah. um, yeah, I didn't think they actually did that much. I mean, apart from the translating thing that they were doing. Yeah, didn't I, I didn't really do anything with that. Um, but again, these are these are quibbles. Um, uh, I say, I, overall, I thought they they aimed for the for the moon and the, and they got there, um, which you know is is no mean feat, especially when you're trying to copy one of the most you know one of the most famous filmmakers, uh, you know, and his style. Hmm. Uh, that's 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 no. I mean, you know, uh, imitation, sincerest form of flattery, or whatever. Uh, we've seen stuff like this before. Earthy Encounters was a very good short film, mm-hmm. which uh, took, mm. which sort of riffed on, um, say, the more fantastical uh, Spielberg kind of stuff. But uh, yeah, I was uh, I very uh, very swept away by this horse. Yeah, I, I totally agree. No. Um, and on that note, Steve, what are you going to score? I'll give it an eight. Mm-hmm. I'm going to join you on an eight, and Rich. Yeah, definite eight. Yeah, this is probably the best sort of family film that we've we've covered in a long time. Um, it's just very, very solid, uh, very, you know, very entertaining, e- easily accessible for for you know people of all ages, basically. So I like the girlfriend as well, by the way. Yes, the, the, yeah, sort of the budding fun. romance yeah, yeah, stuff yeah. and all that yeah. sort of thing was all really well done. Yeah, she was sorry. Fun. Um, so there you go. That's three eights for Supercell. We highly recommend you go check it out. Our next review is The Devil Comes at Night. A disgraced boxer called Ben travels to his recently deceased father's house only to find himself under siege by a strange cult led by the menacing Mason. Um, We've come across countless films by now, guys, um, of 
people under siege by cults. It seems to be, mm. you know, um, a, a sort of genre strand which has become increasingly popular. You know, we, we, we covered The Long yeah. Night. Uh, we covered The Night of the Bastard recently. Uh, there's other films like The Void and all sorts. You know, people I blame being... the Trump administration. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, basically it is. It, it's, it's the, you know, the Proud Boys and all that sort of shit. Um, and especially in this case, because we have this black black boxer who, with with his um, old trainer, they, they've travelled to this town because his, his dad's recently passed, and um, he's got a safe in his in his house, and they're going to sort of go and open it, and hopefully there's money inside. But um, while he's at a bar, we don't actually see this. This is, this happens off screen before the film starts. Um, ben gets into a fight in the bar. He, he, he punches some guy in the face. Uh, apparently he's drunk, Ben, and you know his his partner uh, Jack has to sort of get him out of there and get him safely to the house. Trouble is, Ben is teetotal; uh, he's a recovering addict, so so there was no way he was actually drinking in the bar. So so something's afoot straight away. Um, he wakes up later in the house. He's got uh, a couple of broken fingers. Um, his his friend isn't there to help him. Um, and and you know this this couple come to the door basically they're, they're the neighbours of the um, thing, and you start getting this impression you know it seems quite innocuous at first, and as the conversation goes on, they're tr- they're trying to lure him away from the house, you mm. know, and he, he sort of picks up on this, and they they won't go inside the house. But they're trying to sort of get him to move away from the house, and he's like, "No, no, sorry, it's fine." And, and, and you know, and, and these, this couple start getting angry with him, so he, he goes inside, you know. Uh, anyway, but he, he finds there's a, a woman staying in his house that he didn't know about. Who um, was a friend of his dad's, and you know, this, this, these people start besieging the house. Basically, it, 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 so there's a mystery there to be solved. I thoroughly enjoyed this. It, it builds up really nicely. Um, it's a good job they brought in, you know, this woman to sort of be, be at the house so that he's got someone to actually talk to instead of just himself. Um, although he does talk to a couple of people outside. There, there are some nice sort of, um, not exactly red herrings, but there, there are bits where you sort of lulled into a false sense of security and then something happens, you know, a sudden re- revelation. It's like, oh, God, you know, it, which is really, really cool. And... There's a nice sort of switchery right at the end when you when you find out what's going on, and then there's another thing, sort of you know, another rug to be pulled from underneath you. This is this is really really well done. I thought, um, you know, it is a, a genre trope I, I actually do enjoy the whole thing with you know weird cults sort of uh, besieging people. Um, I think that works really well, um, and this is a good example of it. This has been released by Uncorked Entertainment, um, streaming online. Should be available now. Uh, I, I thoroughly recommend people go check it out. I'm giving this a 7 out of 10. Go check it out. Our next review is Pursuit. A black hat hacker plays a deadly game with the FBI, the local cops, and his father's criminal empire when he causes waves looking for his missing wife. Um... If we were to equate what we do as film reviewers, podcasters, if you will, guys, to being, I don't know, in Vietnam or... 
being oh homicide God, detectives. It is. Well, this is what I've been pondering all day, right? Okay. <laughs> we're, we're those guys. We're those we're guys. We're crime scene investigators. We're, we're, yeah. we're, we're the guys who've solved too many cases. We're the guys who have done too many missions, too many tours. Mm. We've seen some shit, guys, is what I'm saying. We've been in the shit mm -hmm. too long. We're the guys at the bar staring at, with, with a thousand years. Excuse me. We're the guys at the bar with a thousand yard stare, nursing a beer, just looking off into space and remembering that time we had to look at Emil Hirsch with a fucking tattoo of a cockroach on his face. <laughs> uh, well, I'd say a badly drawn on. Incredibly. <laughs> so, yeah. Very fake looking. If, if, if not, not one, he's got a few different tattoos on his face, if, but if they're... The I, I was wondering, you know, I, I was really, really wondering if he just turned up to set looking like that. And they just <laughs> yeah, thought... This is, my, this is my character. This is, this is it. Well, yeah. But, um, yeah, I don't know, because Emil Hirsch is kind of one of those actors with a bit of a reputation, isn't he? Um, I, don't, I don't know, but he's, been, you know, he's he's been fine in other films. In in this oh, one... some great stuff. In, in, in this film, <clears throat> if you look at the spectrum of acting, okay... We have Emil Hirsch at one end of the spectrum, and we have John Cusack at the far end of the other. And God knows what film either character think they are in, but it's not the film that we're actually watching. That is for sure. Emil Hirsch puts on this very, very weird voice in this. You know, it's, it's, it's really kind of soft and like this all the time. And, uh, <laughs> Is this meant to be menacing? I don't know. And whereas, you know, um, John Cusack, I, I think he's just like, I think he's just looking after his kids and they just happen to film him. You know, <laughs> it's, 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 it's almost like Bowfinger in that regard. It's like, you know, it's like, Oh, you know, just look after your kids. We'll, we'll just shoot around you. Oh, yeah, I'm having a birthday party. Yeah, just bring yeah. a camera. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. Fine. <laughs> um, there's a bit of the, I mean, some of the filmmaking in this is abysmal. Okay. We, we, okay. We, okay. 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 Right. No, okay. no, no, so, no, no. No, no. Let me just yeah. interject. So we get into the start of the film, mm. and it's mainly Emil Hirsch squinting at the, right. <laughs> at the screen. So, so this, this, is, this is the thing. It is the year 2023. Okay. <laughs> Everyone has got a supercomputer the size of you know, a small brick in their pocket. Computers aren't sexy. Hackers aren't sexy. <laughs> they're not they're not compelling. You don't need to show us five minutes of Emil Hirsch staring at a badly photoshopped computer screen doing absolutely squinting dramatically. <laughs> and and oh my God. You know who who thinks... look like you're puzzled, Emil. Look, 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 look shocked. Look surprised. Look, I know he's just doing all the all these <laughs> facial movements and stuff. But okay, we we covered a film with Kevin Dillon and Bruce Willis the other week. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Wire Room. Yeah, Wire Room. There you go. Yeah. That had a really shitty score. I think this is done by the same person. The score mm. is abysmal. It really is. I mean, we had a brilliant sweeping score for Supercell. This is the antithesis of that. It mm -hmm. is 
I will get onto the score in oh. a bit, but what, I, what I'll tell you what I think because I'm I'm familiar with a couple of the composers mm -hmm. uh, from previous films, but I'm pretty sure it's library music. Yes, I'm sure it is, it, uh, and that they've just applied certain pieces of music to um, to the film because some of it just doesn't fit, and it's just um, yeah, um, it dun. just it's a bit weird. Done, done. I'm not against some of it, but the, the no, it is a bit all over the place. But there's it, two it, different composers, or I should say, three different composers credited. Right. Um, two brothers and one other guy, but it's the it's the mm. stuff by the brothers. That I'm I'm pretty sure. I mean, you look at when you get to the end credits, all the all the pieces of music uh, are all that are um, credited as like individual things. I'm I'm sure it's um say stock yeah, kind of music that they've licensed it, it, or, it, or whatever. It yeah. Certainly felt like it. Um. I, I will give this film two credits, two things I, I, that made me raise an eyebrow. One, there is a really good explosion stunt when <laughs> Emil Hirsch's character goes into this restroom, you know, go to the loo or something, and suddenly there's an explosion. And there's sort of the main character, the, 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 the FBI cop or whatever his name is, you know, he stood by the door when the explosion goes off and he actually sort of gets flown across the room. I thought that was actually a decent stunt. Really impressive. Mm. Totally out of character with the rest of the film. <laughs> um, I did think there was a lot of extra. I did think there was actually quite a lot of decent stunt work in this, actually. Yeah. yeah. I did. I did like, um, you know, the little bits of action that were peppered through bits. it. Some, some yeah. of it was pretty good. But then it's let down by sort of some, some bad. Everything else. Editing and sound effects. <laughs> like, like, <laughs> You know, a guy shoots once and suddenly there's two bullet holes in a guy. Mm. You know, there's a lot of that. Um, I, what I want to get to you, Ramai, um, is I, I, I'm not sure if it was me because I was a bit distracted at the time. But did the film make any sense? Because to me, no. it, it felt like it was completely muddled. No, it, I was getting onto this. No, it didn't. It really didn't. Um, <laughs> uh, and then it just kind of ends. And then it, it's... It, it's so pointless. It really is. Because it starts out with, I mean... It starts out folk. I mean, Emil Hirsch is basically the main character, ostensibly, yeah. and they introduce and we're spending a lot of time. But he's so unlikable, and you know, you know, you don't, you think, oh my god, really? And then he's like, because he's kind of, a, it's they're kind of doing that bad guy, anti-hero kind of stuff mm. with him, but it doesn't really work. And you know, he's just, he just looks like, well, he's starting to look like Jack Black now, <laughs> yeah. but he's like, so Jack Black <laughs> with like pen tattoos on his face doing this uh, doing this performance thing that he's doing and it's really just not, not a likable character and then the main likable the, the guy who's supposed to be the sort of hero of the movie mm. is this you know model looking guy yeah. um and they sort of try to compensate <laughs> they 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 put like emile hirsch because he's the sort of star name him and Judd, john cusack are sort of like the names of the movie so they have to focus on them but then it's actually these sub characters these secondary characters who you end up spending time with mm. who are more the main ones so it ends up being this kind of bloated ensemble uh i was a bit confused that john cusack was playing emile hirsch's dad mm. that is feasible because i looked up their ages and if john cusack had had a child when he was young uh, you know, if he'd had him when he was 18, he could have had Emil Hirsch. So uh, so it, it's feasible, but it's a bit like it, it, they just look too, especially Emil Hirsch. I mean, he doesn't look that young. So they actually look quite similar in age, <laughs> um, despite there being, say, um, 20 years between them. But, yeah, it was. It's, it is. It's so muddled. It is very muddled. There's some, you know, interesting... Um, 
those sort of violent moments. The, the, the other bit I was going to mention is it, 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 it does something which most films would consider taboo, um, where, where there's a scene where we, we turn up at this house mm-hmm. and find out like the whole family's been murdered. Um, you know, and, and it sort of dwells on it as well. You know, it's like sort of shows us each kid in turn, sort of thing. And at first, I thought it, I thought it was John Cusack's kids. You know, I think oh, things have really taken a bad turn, but no, it wasn't. Well, you did catch who that kid, the kid was with John Cusack, didn't you? Yeah, it was Emil Hirsch's son. Yeah, 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 did yeah, catch it's, that. It's okay. character, yeah. Son, yeah. yeah. You know, but because um, it was all to do the, oh. the, 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 the ostensibly the plot was. He's trying to find his wife who's been kidnapped. Yes. And and it starts out with, say, Emil Hirsch looking at the screen at what looks like Avril Lavigne. Uh, mm. And it's like somebody dressed up like Avril Lavigne. Uh, and she's been kidnapped or whatever. And he's he's got it, he's he's trying to track her down in on the mm. dark web and stuff. And and there's all and then they there's all this other they introduce Andrew because this is an this is an Andrew Stevens production. And Andrew Stevens actually turns up, which was one of the things that I found really interesting because Andrew Stevens is one of those guys who's like so uh, fundamental sort of to 90, especially 1990s B movies, both as an actor, director, producer, whatever. And this film is uh, say coming from his company, which I don't think he puts out as many, you know, he doesn't put out that many films these days and he certainly doesn't act that often, but he's got several scenes in here. William Catt is in this from house and various other things. He's like the, elderly sheriff guy and stuff so there's there's interesting thing you know i like those things about it you know there's there's these but it's overall it's just wasn't it's not an enjoyable film to watch Uh, and uh it's it's just it doesn't it doesn't work and 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 john cusack is turning into michael madsen i swear (laughs) (laughs) there's there's another actor in this um I i do want to mention that's graham patrick martin um, if you're a fan of uh, Major Crimes, um, which was the sequel to The Closer TV series, um, he had a prominent role in that. Uh, so, okay. so you know, if, if you if you ever see that, you, you instantly recognisable uh, character from that series. Uh, he he plays the um, the gay son in, in this. Oh, okay, yeah, 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 um, yeah. Uh, which is interesting. Well, that's another. Um, ca- that's another thing. Like this, this film gets so bloated with all those characters and their stuff and their mot- motivations. It's just, I didn't know what was going on. I know it was sort of okay. You've got John Cusack's a baddie, but then you've got Andrew Stevens, who's supposed to be another another guy who's. I, I'm yeah. not sure he was working with him or he's working for him or that. They're, yeah, so anyway, they're he's kind of partners, but kind yeah, of partners, yeah. but there's a there's a there's a stuff going on with them, yeah. and then you have got the police involved, and mm-hmm. um, oh, it's, it's we've seen this kind of movie before, it, it, and I mean that in both senses. In a part of say, Wire Room is a good example. There was that other one before Wire Room, not Hot Seat, um, but it was um, it was the one with uh, oh god. I mean, you could say fortress as well to an extent because that was sort of tech, wasn't it? Um, but yeah, there's, there's all these sort of kid guys, sitting, you know, keyboard playing and sitting at a keyboard movies uh, or sitting uh, sitting in a chair stuff. But this is this is not that film because this is all you know running around and stuff. But I just thought, yeah, um, I was actually really looking forward to it, and I was actually pretty surprised by how i mean the warning sign is there from the very beginning the, the opening, opening like six minutes 
you know, it's like literally six minutes before actually any dialogue starts. I thought it was, I thought they were going for some sort of silent thing. The the the, the first sort of, uh, there's a scene that starts to play out between like um a, like it's, I think it's like a drug deal or or, or some sort mm. of deal is going mm. down, and everyone the characters are sort of looking at each other, and it's like this would be a natural point to say something, and then. Oh no, they don't say anything. And I was like, they're do they're doing something here. <laughs> and then it was like, and then finally someone actually says something. I was like, I was I thought there, there was some sort of art thing going on in this. I don't know what they were going for. Um, but it's um yeah, and the over and there's a lot of over stylized stuff. So again, maybe that sort of silent thing was what they were going for. But did you notice how a lot of the colours were really heightened? Yeah. Uh, there's like a club scene, there's there's, there's a lot of sort of day glow, there's a bit in um uh there's a bit they go into someone's house and suddenly suddenly that's kind of quite green and stuff there's there's um they're tr they're trying things in this film uh that i can't say they're sort of um Succeeding. resting on their laurels or anything mm -hmm. but the you know the, 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 it's certainly got a lot i mean a lot of these kind of uh lionsgate grindstone or whatever movies are very blandly shot mm. and i think it this one does at least betray us a, a sense of somebody trying to do more than than have it sort of look look quite dull it's just what they're going for didn't really come off um brian skiba who who made the film he's done quite uh quite a, quite a few things i think we might have covered one or two of his films in the past i'm just trying to check um on his credits uh he did Oh, the second, I think you've seen, Mike. Yeah, with uh, Ryan Felipe. Yeah, so he's done that. He's done absolutely tons of TV movies and, and stuff and horror. He's yeah, like a, and, yeah. he's kind of a jobbing, jobbing director, I think. Um, but, you know, one of those people is probably like a safe pair of hands. But I think in, with this movie, maybe he was in over his depth with it or something. I don't know. Because uh, uh, it's just. It's that, yeah. yeah. It's a whole thing about fucking computers that mm. you know that they're not new they're not novel oh it's, it's just so badly shot and awful the only good bit is is when he's tapping away in the computer and, and there's this sort of rather sort of attractive lady sort of sat behind him having, having a cigarette and i thought <laughs> i just mourn her you know jesus no it's terrible um i do want to mention one other actor in this because the cast you know other than fucking Emil Hirsch and whatever whatever he was on, the cast were all right. Um, but there was another actor in this, uh, Nick Bensman, who played Dodge, the, the the blonde cop, who who I think was related. He was the ex of um, the female sheriff, mm -hmm. who also turned out to be a wrong. And I thought he was pretty good. And and you know he's he's been in loads of stuff before. He's sort of one of those sort of recognisable faces. I did like the. It's it's got kind of a nihilistic tone. It's not afraid to kill off characters, you know, good guys and bad guys. Um, there's a lot of attrition in this th throughout. Um, and when we do find out what happened to Emil Hirsch's wife, you know, um, yeah, that's, that's got a bit of a kick. So it's it has it, it's it, I think that's what makes it frustrating. It's like you can, as you said, Rich, you know, there's there are the building blocks of something decent here. Mm. It's just mm. some of the execution is uh, uh, it's amateurish, you know. It really is. Anyway, on that note, Rich, how are you going to score it? It's difficult. 
Um, I think uh, it's all here. Yeah. I'm going to have to. I can't say I'm sitting on the fence with a five because mm. I just really don't think it's 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 good enough. I mean, there's certain bits of composite. I'm going to have to go four. I think. Mm. I mean, there's enough constituent elements. I've also just a, as a quick aside, I was I mentioned that I would say about the um, the soundtrack. So the people, the, the composers that I'm thinking of, um, or wanted to name specifically, uh, uh, the worst br uh, brothers. Um, I, I can't. I've forgotten the names now. But there's David at worst and. and and Eric Worst, I think, uh, and they did the. They were compo the composers on many of Andrew Stevens's films in the nineties, right. and I always used to think I wasn't sure whether their track, whether their music was being recycled, because a lot of it sounded so similar, and certain military themes and stuff. Um, I say that's why I think that enough sort of looks them up. That's why I think they're kind of library music kind of guys. But they're still going. They're still very prolific. It's not like they've taken some old tracks. They, 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 they're um, they're still very much in the business. But I think they were just during that '90s sort of period. There was just so many action movies mm. with their music, and into the and into the 2000s as well. Did quite a few. Anyway, um, it's just it, it was just interesting to see their names again. But um, yeah, I was glad to see, you know, hear some of their you know their music again, and you know to see. William Catt and Andrew Stevens and whatever, but the film itself is just a bit of a disaster, I think. Their score made me want to throw up, to be honest. Well, it's, it's hard to say which ones, I'm not sure yeah. 100% which okay. ones were theirs and which ones were the other guy, but I'm pretty sure I recognised their style and right. I didn't I didn't mind their bits, but I could just, they just didn't match what was, mm. what was on the screen, I didn't think. Not at all. I'm, yeah, I've got to join you on a four for this. I think, um, which, which is what I gave MK Ultra last week. So mm -hmm. this is, it has that dubious honour of being my second um, lowest scoring film. Which which um, out of the two, if you had to say, say if somebody's got you know I've got no I've got these two films to watch now I've got nothing else to watch. The, these are the two. Mm. Which one do you choose? This one, this one because at, at the very least you can bitch about it. You know, with MK Ultra, you, you, you're just going to fall asleep. You know, this will keep you... This, this is sort of like, you know, Diamond Cartel worthy. <laughs> oh, gonna, no, it's not that no. good. But no, it's, it, it's, it isn't. It's, but well, no, I see but where you're going. It, 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 I think it, if I approached it, maybe... I think if I approached it in a different mindset as a bad movie, I think I'd have enjoyed it a lot more, but I was expecting a good quality it, movie. I yeah. think that's the problem. If I turn the sound off... Approach it as a bad movie. Uh, that'd be. I think that would be a really interesting way to look at it again, mm -hmm. to just come at it and go... We're just going to laugh at this movie. Let's have a couple of drinks or whatever, and just. I think that might be like, an what? idea. To, <laughs> maybe that would be an idea to, as, a, as a. We'll do a commentary, a, dr a drunken commentary on it one day, um, <laughs> and force Steve to watch it. <laughs> anyway, so that's two fours for pursuit. Um, it's Go check film. it out if you want to. I suppose if you want to, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, tell, tell us we're wrong. Hardcore, yeah. hardcore yeah. Hershen Cossack <clears throat> fans only. Yeah. I'd say. Tell yeah. us we're wrong, but um, and, and and show show us you're working out. Our next review is First Contact. After their scientist father goes missing, siblings Casey and Dan arrive at his farmhouse to discover he was conducting experiments based on information he had received from outer space. 
As strange extraterrestrial activities occur all over the world, Casey and Dan are the only ones who can avert a disaster. Um, yeah, this is this is nicely low key. Um, it reminded me of a, of a Joe Bagos film, actually, which was about a guy who had been abducted by aliens and comes back, and he's sort of half alien, half human kind of thing. I think it's called Almost Human. Does that rings a bell? Um, it's sort of elements of that in this, but it's um, it's a nice little mystery in that you know that the, the, their their father's gone missing. We we kind of know what's happened to him. Um, he's been building this machine which which um, produces dark matter or something, but there's other things going on around, and it's it's just really really well done, really really well structured. Um, we, we get a couple of sort of alien abduction bits. Where, where you know strange lights are seen on the highway and people stop and get abducted. It's um, very well handled. Not not many sort of special effects as such. Just really really well done. You know lighting and sound effects uh, to to pull it all off. Um, yeah, it's it's not a lot to sort of say that won't spoil it. So um, I'm just going to throw it out there. This this is just a very well structured thriller. You know with, with sort of uh, extraterrestrial elements to it. Um, there's some really good editing. There's, there's a bit where one of the characters uh, wakes up after being possibly abducted, and and he's sort of like in a sort of weird sort of time loops where he's like seeing himself, like a minute in the future, sort of further down the stairs, and then that version of him is also seeing himself a minute, you know, or um, a minute further down. It's it's really really well done. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, not much to talk about because obviously I'm the only one who saw it. But again, this is from Uncorked Entertainment, like um, The Devil Comes at Night, uh, available on streaming. So please go check it out. This one, I'm also going to give a 7 out of 10. Go check it out. Our short shot this week is Stranded 3. Zack and his brother find themselves stranded in the desert with a buff archaeologist searching for a lost mummy's tomb. Um, this is from Zack King, who is a brilliant um, illusionist and uh, sort of video trickster. <clears throat> he, he's, uh, we, we covered one of his films before, which was really, really clever. Um, yeah, The Time Travelling Sheriff. Time that Traveling was it, Sheriff. yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. It. Um, yeah, I've seen loads of his his bits online. Um, big big fan of his. This is a lot of fun. Um, you know, lots of good sort of video trickery sort of going on that, that he's uh, famous for. And of course, we've also got Terry Crews in the mix for this one. Um, yeah, it's it's a great, you know, Indiana Jones sort of um, homage. I think it works really well. Uh, Steve, over to you. Yeah, uh, I. As soon as it came on and I saw the thumbnail of Terry Crews, I was like, here we go. I, could, I, I, I love Terry Crews, especially mm. like Brooklyn Nine-Nine, stuff like that. Mm. Um, but yeah, it, it flows at a rapid pace. You know, there's, it took me a couple of minutes just to work out what was going on with the video trick. Because at that point, it kind of came out of nowhere. But obviously, it's part three and I've not seen one and two. But... As soon as you get scripts with that, yeah, it's light, breezy, fun, family, family short, which is something we don't normally watch around here. <laughs> That's true. Fair, yeah, you know, but yeah, it's it's lovely. It's really good. Yeah, thoroughly enjoyed this one. Uh, Rich, have you have you seen the other two? 
Yes, um, the um, the first what, one was what's about um, pirates or something, isn't it? Yeah, well, it's they yeah. it starts off in a sort of a treasure island kind of thing. So yeah, the first two are very pirate themed, and this one goes in a in a different direction. Um, the 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 theme is that yeah, like they're um, they're on a journey, and it's sort of like uh, they they always end up in a new place kind of thing, and it's all to do yeah. with these uh, you know these devices and and tricks that that he uses to to sort of uh, overcome uh, problems that they encounter. It's like oh, using perspective and stuff like that. It's like oh, yeah. oh, oh we we can't get through that door because it's too small. It's like oh, wait a minute, and then it's like they do a sort of got like oh yeah, and now we're small enough that we can get through it. And so that's yeah. that's his kind of thing. The uh, the idea of what they've done is that when he did the first film that that was a hit. So then they made the second one. They said right, if you if we if at the end of the movie it's like if this gets so many thousand likes or million likes or whatever then we'll make another one kind of thing. And then they hit that target and then they get them. Um, so yeah, so Stranded 1 has had 19 million views. Okay. Yeah, the, second, the second film, comparatively a lot less, 4.4 million. And this one has already had, and this only came out a month ago. Mm. This, mm. this one's already had 2.1 million views. So it's got half, it's already had half the views of the second part. And I think the mm. Terry Crews factor is a big part of that. I mean, the fact that, you know, yeah. it's probably, they pumped a lot more money into this one to be able to get someone like Cruz and the location. And, you know, it's all very fantastic, you know, excellently shot. It's got the longest running time of the, of the film so far. The first one was say eight minutes. Second one was 14 minutes. Uh, this one's 18 minutes, uh, carries it well, I think, you know, and it's got that kind of Egyptian uh, theme to it and stuff. It's good. I mean, it's, it's good. It's really good fun. I would, I'd say it's definitely, I've, I've sort of, we've highlighted this one because it's the new one, but I definitely mm. think it's worth going back, going back and, yeah. uh, you know, starting from the first film in the series and, uh, and following it forward. Cause uh, it's, 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 yeah. uh, it's a good series and time traveling sheriff, I think is still the sort of high watermark from, for me, for, for the Jack, Zach King films. I thought that was a great little standalone, uh, short, um, and yeah, so, so he's he's been around for a long time. Zach King doing this stuff, mm. it's amazing. You know, he's very creative. Managed to keeps keeps managing to come up with these new you know ideas. I mean, how, it must be exhausting, mustn't it? You know, mm -hmm. if this is your your job and that's what you do, and you've got to keep coming up with uh, mm. you know interesting creative tricks and stuff, uh, mm. and he's just constantly sort of hitting the mark, and uh, both in his you know regular videos and these otherwise he did one with. Um, uh, they did a there was like a shazam fury of the gods tie-in promotional video that he did right. with um right. zachary levi uh that came out uh, a, a couple of months ago and that's you know so they've sort of he's he's what he's, he's getting involved in sort of working with say these much higher profile sort of co-stars and performers and stuff which is yeah. which is really interesting um be interested to, i'm almost certain there will end up being a stranded force so i'll be really interested to see where Definitely. they go with it yeah yeah but i mean you know on, on terms of scope for this one so mm. you know we, we got some you know there's a lot of green screen but yeah the set, the, you know we got these sets as well you know that we got the, the sort of the egyptian tomb and everything but then we got mm -hmm. the whole you know the stunt sequence with, with, with the car and, and the mm -hmm. um the paraglider and all that it's 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 really really well done and you know it's, it's got a real sort of a good sort of epic feel to it um, and it's funny, you know. That's yeah, that's the most important yeah. thing. It's like yeah, it, yeah. it's funny yeah. as well. Um, yeah, some of the visual 
gags, you know, that are so quick. It's like, oh, what, what just happened? You know, which is which is quite cool as well. I think my favourite one is when they almost fall into this the pit of spikes. Oh and, yeah, yeah. And it's, yeah. he just rolls it up. I thought that was really yes. Cool. <laughs> yeah. No, this this is absolutely solid stuff. Um, if you if you if, you, if you're not familiar with Zach King. You know, um, check the link that we're going to put into the footnotes. Um, have a look at some of his other videos, the series that he does. He, he does great sort of, you know, street magic and all this sort of stuff. Um, but, you know, just just a really, really talented guy. Uh, as I said, we don't score the shorts, but we do recommend you check them out. And you will find the link to this in the footnotes below. So go check it out. Our DTV throwback this week is Class of 99 to The Substitute. Following the events of the previous film, a surviving killbot android becomes a substitute teacher in the worst local school and sets about disciplining the ne'er-do-wells with extreme prejudice. Um, I, I'm a fan of the first film. It took me years, decades, actually, to actually see Class of, Class of 84, which was directed by... Um, Lester, yeah, Mark, Mark Lester? Lester, Mark Mark Lester. Mm. I nearly said Richard Lester, but no, that's uh, <laughs> uh, Mark, Mark Lester. Um, he of Commando and all the rest of it. Um, and then the sequel, which is completely different. Um, you know, it, it it just goes totally overboard with with the sort of setting, the dystopian future, and all the rest of it. Um, but I, I I loved the robots. You know, the 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 guy looks like Mike Mike Pence. And there's a scene where he grabs this kid and, and spanks him in front of the class. It's hilarious. I think um, Good Bad Flicks used that clip for, for their opening for, for ages. Um, I think, wasn't, wasn't Pam Greer in that one as well? Pam Greer is in it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it, it's, it's a great film. This one, sort of, it pulls it back a bit. It sort of reins itself in as far as the sort of dystopian future kind of, kind of element. We don't get to see too much of that. It does sort of focus more on the school. But we got Sasha Mitchell um, as, as our robot guy, the, the substitute. And I think he's fantastic in this. Um, I, I just loved his delivery. Um, you know, uh, I thought it absolutely great. Um, whole film is, yeah, just just a lot of fun. Uh, Steve, had you seen this one before? No, I think I've seen Class of 84 when I was a kid. Mm. And then I remember the poster for Class of 99 mm. um, being plastered around like the local video shops and stuff, but I'd never seen it. So oh, I, th I thoroughly recommend it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a good fun one. Well, I, mean, I, don't, I don't know if I need to because half of it's in this. Uh, well, there's a, well it's, it's a little. There's a couple of little clips. Yeah, yeah. they yeah. they rely on a lot. They they sort of <laughs> they rely on a lot of uh, flashback clips, don't they? I don't know if there's. I don't know what that that is. That's a little bit detrimental because the the film, the first 1999 film, was clearly a much bigger production. Yeah. So it's mm. it's a little bit um, yeah uh, risky, uh, I guess, to to mm. sort of highlight that in various junctures especially because of the direction, you know, the, the twist at the end. Hmm. Because, you know, hmm. quite rightly, you're going to be sitting there going, oh, great, you know, eventually so like the robot's going to be disintegrated and, you know, his robotic self is going to be revealed and whatever, you know, armaments he's got and everything is going to be really cool. And it's like, 
yeah about that yeah <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. Um, but anyway but, yeah I mean like you say it does seem to be dialed back and a bit more grounded and realistic really in the violence and stuff and but yeah I mean it's it's quite a weird concept when you think about it you know all these kids are just every single teenager is an absolute dickhead really Mm. and they're wearing prison jumpsuit yellow uh, orange yeah yeah. you know it's like yeah that's a school uniform isn't it (laughs) yeah and I don't know it just it, it is it is a weird concept but you know it it it's done well. It's obviously, I mean, looking at the effects from the, you know, the clips that are in this one, mm. to, to to watching this one, there does seem quite a big step down in budget and what they're doing. But yeah, it's it's, it's okay. I mean, some of the acting is obviously terrible, especially the kids. Mm-hmm. Um. But all the all the adults, you know, especially the um, the teacher, oh, I can't remember her name now. Jenna Caitlin Delaney is Jenna. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she, I thought she was pretty pretty good, and I love the sheriff. He's just such a bumbling idiot. He's untrue. <laughs> um, yeah, but yeah, it was fun. You know, but like I said, I think I might need to watch the first one if I can find it. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Rich, you, you must have seen this one before. Yeah, I used to have it on VHS uh, back in the day. Uh, it was great to get a chance to read it. This is um, one we had to find on YouTube because mm-hmm. it, it's actually uh, like out of print. It was released on DVD. There are probably sort of secondhand DVDs around, but it's basically out of print. You can't really find it. Well, I haven't found it on any mm-hmm. streaming services. Uh, it might be in the United States. It might be on like Tubi or something, but over here, no trace of it really, unfortunately. Um, and I think it really stands out. I, what I always liked about it uh, back in the uh, back in the day was it is this um, it is a slasher movie um, basically, yeah. and it's kind of going back to uh, the Terminator. And it even there's even a reference in here. They say mm-hmm. they say are you the Terminator sort of thing. There's a, the, yeah. It's very it's very tongue in cheek um, because the whole thing about the Terminator was if you stripped it down, it's basically Halloween. It's a slasher movie dressed up mm. in all these science fiction tropes, but it's a slasher movie. He goes around, he's looking for, you know, Laurie Strode, you know, Sarah Connor, uh, and he's uh, killing people who get in his way. As I say, and a very, and this is quite a similar thing. Uh, he ends up, um, there's, say, the teacher, Jenna, who he ends up forming this bond with. But what I think is quite interesting, about uh, apart from the slasher aspect of it, is um, I'm dead i'm totally convinced that this was an influence on the guest um with yeah. um with dan stevens very similar films in many respects i think i mean a lot of films did do this kind of thing but you know how uh, you know it, it's all set in sort of a high school setting sort of a, well not all of it you know in the guest it's not all, all in the high school but it's kind of that sort of period and and the conclusion of the film is all like this big event that the kids go to that's what happens in this one yeah. you know it's kind of all culminates in in this case it's a paintball uh, you know retreat that they're going to um it's it's a i like all the slasher it's it's very it is kind of more of a it's not i mean it's sasha mitchell who's best known for the kickboxer sequels yeah. 
that he was in, three of them, uh, two, three, and four, um, before Mark Dacascos then took over, mm. uh, just for one. Uh, but the uh, he done he's done some other stuff. Step by Step, I knew him from, was which was a sitcom. But he, I loved him in especially Kickboxer Three. He's just got this kind of, uh, he's you know, he's just very much a nineties dude kind of thing. Was the whole thing? It's like the, the sort of dude character. Yeah. But he's like this. He's like the action hero. But he's like he's kind of like a, oh, he's kind of like chilled out kind of. And I, I think it all came out of the whole Keanu thing and everything. Anyway, uh, in this, he's like buzz cut, and you know, he's wearing this sort of suit that's a bit baggy on him, and uh, mm. a, a, a very very serious and. You know, intentionally, you know, he's playing it as quite robotic and that. But I thought it was really well executed from that starting scene where you know he steals that person's identity and yeah. stuff. Yeah. And he's, he's on his mission. Um, you know, he's uh, you know when you get to the later part of the guest, not just that ending, but you know the whole revelations about the character, mm. you know, and where he's come from. You know, it's and you know when the action, the action will kick, and somebody tracking him, trying to trying to find him. It's all there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the and one of the really interesting things about this is that it's um, directed by Spiro Rosatos. Uh, and he is best known for like car stunts. Yeah. And his most recent job was the second unit director on Fast X. Uh, and he's worked quite, he's, he's, he's done coordination work and second unit work on a lot of the fast, especially the more recent fast sequels. Yeah. And he's done all sorts of stuff. But he did direct quite a few, a handful of films in the 90s i think he's only done two or three uh, i might be wrong but he did one called i think it was fast i think it was, uh, oh, was it fast money or so he did one with Corey. fast getaway, fast getaway that was the one mm. he did he did fast getaway yes mm. and um so that's why I, so i knew him from that one and this one uh and i'd love to see him you know say so he's doing a lot of really good stuff as a second unit but i would love to see him get a chance to be the sort of headline director of something again because I definitely think he's got it in him. I mean, he's more than proved himself with with all the work he's doing in you know big budget Hollywood movies. Now I think it's only a matter of time before we see him at the helm again. Uh, so he did a good job here. We've also got Nick Cassavetes in the cast, who's a, who's a director mm-hmm. in his own right. Uh, he was you know th- it was only uh, I think it was only a couple of years between this and him being in Face Off and stuff like that. Uh, he's had a very interesting yeah. career. Um, uh, son of uh, John Cassavetes. Um, I think his mum is, isn't his mum Angelica Houston? I'm not sure. I can't remember. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, but yeah, so there's these interesting aspects of it. Uh, but overall, just on its own, I just think it's a really cool movie. Uh, the kills are great, the good, um, the, the cartoonishly chaotic classrooms are basically like something out of, um, I don't know. If, you guys have seen many trauma films, but the, the trauma oh, do that class kind of class of you can high stuff. Yeah, it's a sort of yeah. just really, you know, abs- absurdly wild. <laughs> you know, so no, 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 no reflection on reality at all. That's apart from that, though. Everything in this is quite grounded, like you say. Um, uh, but the um, I actually thought the plotting of the, uh, you know, the sort of subplot of the teacher. Uh, testifying and that you know she, yeah. uh, being at risk from the pupils and stuff was a, was a really g- good thing and, and Sasha Mitchell and there was a bit of a stupid thing of like you know he's clearly nuts <laughs> he's clearly <laughs> and she's like yeah. sort of oh it's so glad I'm so glad you're here and you know sort of, and then giving him a hug and was sort of being really sort of affected and it's like where is this coming from it's really I don't see how you're how you're getting there it's a bit like with the recent Halloween ends where um uh 
uh, Laurie Strode's granddaughter, just the sort of like having these wildly over the top sort of reactions to this guy who really, you it it, it there's there's warning signs, but also was like why 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 is it's like the film is sort of trying to engineer this sort of thing uh, which doesn't quite fit, and it's not nothing to do with the chemistry of the actors at all. It's just a sort of a weird thing. It just doesn't really work for the character, but um, but there's a there's a nice thing that happens with them when you know he's got this book. Uh, and she's like, it, it's quite unconvincing, but you know, she borrows the book and reading it. She's reading, it's essentially like kind of a, mm. the art of war kind of book. And uh, there, there's that bonding thing that goes on with them, and that, which sort of builds up nicely to the conclusion. I love it. I, I think it's great. <laughs> I did too. Um, uh, you know, as I said, I'm definitely a fan of Pulse uh, 99. I like, I like 84. I've got it on Blu ray um, that Arrow put out a few years back. But 99, I think, was my favourite of them. Um, yeah, I'd like to see that again because I never really saw that one. I was, I, yeah. I knew too well, but I, I don't think I think I saw it once, and that was about it. Um, one thing I will say was the um, in that one as well. I think. Yes, he was. Yeah, it's a good cast, really good yeah. cast in that film. Mm. The um, the other thing was uh, Sasha Mitchell. Every every or well, a lot of his scenes are. Uh, him, you know, turning his back to what when things actually happen, so you can get that cool mm. shot of an explosion. So there's like two bits where he's standing in front of an explosion, and then yeah. he's like delivering like payoff lines like Arnie yeah. and stuff. Yeah, <laughs> it's almost so, like it's made for the trailers sort of thing, isn't it? That's, oh it's, yeah, so it's, it's all those those shots and stuff. And some of it's a bit. I don't think Sasha Mitchell pulls it off amazingly, but I think he does okay. But he's he's certainly convincing as being quite wooden and stuff. Yeah. But and being tough, you know, he does a bit like um, who were we talking about earlier? Um, Rico, Rico Verhoeven, yeah, similar kind of guy, you know. So like he's got some powerful kicks in him and stuff. Mm. You know, he's got these long legs. Yeah. You know, he's, he's he's he looks quite good when he's doing some of that stuff, and which obviously why why did the kickboxing movies? There's, there's one bit yeah. in this um, which they tried and decided not to do again uh, towards the beginning. Um, mm. He's shown to be suffering from like PTSD. Like when one of the yes. guys sort of drops a, drops a yeah. book on the floor and it makes a loud yeah, bang yeah. and he sort of you know dives to the floor, and uh, you know I don't know if they sort of went, no, we're not going to use that again, or you know just like pushed it to the side. You know I thought I thought that was going to sort of come more come into it a bit more later on, but it doesn't. Yeah. No, no, I think uh, they're just they're, yeah, it's just one of those things they were sort of nodding to. I mean, in films around that time, they were sort of starting to nod towards that stuff a bit more, but. Uh, I think they were just sort of, yeah, they they wanted to show that he was, they just wanted another thing to show that he was, mm. you know, an edgy character. Um, yeah. but, I did like the twist at the end of the, you know. The mm, two I do as well, yeah. yeah I thought that was, that was pretty cool. All right, there we are. Um, we don't score the uh, the throwbacks, but we do recommend you check them out. As, as Rich said, uh, you know, in the UK at least, uh, we're a bit sort of... Um, short change with this one there is a copy on youtube we will put a link to it uh it's it's not the best copy it's only like 360 sort of pixels or whatever it is it's not too bad though i thought it's i mean not, it's, it's, it's a full right, screen yeah. yeah it's watchable it's certainly no worse than watching the vhs what i will say is though that the end credits cut off really quickly hmm. well there you have it and that is the end of this week's show so thanks for listening um don't forget to check us out on facebook and twitter at the dtv digest also check us out um our sister show the short shots uh, we need to put a new episode of that together soon um but thank you for listening tune in again next time
you for listening to the DTV Digest. Let us know your thoughts in the comments and tune in again next time.